It is really good to have Billy Kennedy with us this morning. Let's give Billy a warm welcome. Um, so, so um, as you know, Billy isn't around uh, as often at the moment, because largely because he is traveling all over the world. Um, hopefully you'll tell us some of the places you've been, places like Costa Rica and... Dubai and Kenya and Tanzania and many, many places. As, um, and it's just wonderful to hear some of the things that God is doing as Billy is stepping out even more fully in his international apostolic calling. But also in terms of what Billy is just bringing here locally in the city um, with church unity, uh, drawing together church leaders, drawing in new church leaders who haven't been so connected over recent years. So it's wonderful to have Billy sharing this morning. And uh, are you going to tell us some of the things you're up to as well? Great. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, I, I took the, uh, the, the grandkids down to the, the, the light show on Friday night, and I bumped into someone, and they said to me, how is retirement? <laughs> so I said, yeah, it's fine, thanks. And then we moved on. Um, I'll give you a bit more detail. So obviously, as Theo said, in the city here, we've been, we, there's lots of new pastors have turned up in the city, uh, Baptists, Anglicans, so we've managed to get them all together on a regular basis. So that's beginning to build again, which is great. Um, in my role as chair of Love Southampton Board, uh, we've actually run our second cost of living summit with the city council. Uh, that was a great success, and we hosted a... Uh, service for those who have died whilst being homeless in the city of St. Mary's Church as well. That was a packed uh, attendance. I think there were 40 people have died in the last four or five years. Um, so that's been, that's been great. Uh, in, in my role as chair of the Hope School Council, um, I'm still there supporting Steve and the staff, so keep praying for them. It's a challenging environment that we're in uh, educationally. I can see Catherine Bryant up there. Pray for her in, in, in her role. Uh, progress on the new build is slow. Uh, working with the government is slow. Uh, but they're still saying it's going to be open on September the 1st, 2025. Um, still to be seen, to be believed. But that's, that's, that is the plan. So we haven't actually got a contractor in place yet, but uh, apparently a tender's going out in January. So, so that's, 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 that's ongoing. So um, lots, lots going on. And then, as Theo said, uh, on the international front, both with my role as Pioneer, with Pioneer and uh, School of Ministries, um, we've hosted nine conferences since August in um, South Africa, Kosovo, Dubai, Tanzania, Benin, Togo, Costa Rica, Kenya, and Sierra Leone. Now, I haven't been to all of those, about half of them, uh, because what's happening is that things are multiplying on the ground. So Andrew Lendor, who some of us know, is an amazing guy in West Africa who, who, who led teams into Togo and Benin, and Sierra Leone, and so the guys from Tanzania went up to Kenya, and so it, it, it's amazing to see that the network is working by people who are getting um, engaged. And so in regards to our School of Ministries program that is based here in the church, Peter Butt began it, many of you have been involved in it. Currently, we are training over 1,200 church leaders in Africa alone, which is amazing. 
Amazing. Um, 300 plus of those are being trained in French, which Katrina and Phil translated most of the modules or were involved in the, in the translation of the modules, uh, which is, is incredible. Uh, and uh, we are in the process, through Susie, of translating them all into Spanish. And also we are translating them all in, into Urdu to roll out across Pakistan. And so honestly, it's just, it's God's time for School of Ministries that is just going in an incredible, incredible way. So it is, it is great to travel and to see what God is doing. Um, I would encourage you all to, to go and see what God's doing in different places because um, we have a certain view here uh, in, in, uh, in the West. And when we go to these nations where poverty is rife and opportunity is limited, to see God's people in simplicity, loving him and serving their communities, it's just so humbling. You know, I was in Kenya last week and um, there's a school there that's begun with 200 girls, all abandoned girls that they took in, they house and they educate them to give them opportunity in life. It's just incredible to see what, what this church has done, Eagle Rise Christian Church in Nairobi. And so... Um, it's 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 humbling and um, and I'm 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 I've kept well. Caroline unfortunately came with me to Kenya, and did bring something home with her, so has been in bed all week with some tummy bug thing. So bless her. That, that that's why she's not with us today. But um, God is good, and, and there's lots going on. So I'm enjoying my retirement. Thank you very much. Uh, okay, so. Um, there are four new years in our year. If you're Chinese, that's probably five. But there's our calendar new year, January the 1st. There's our financial year that begins April the 4th. There's our academic year, September the 1st or 3rd or something like that. And then there's our liturgical new year. If you're from a traditional background, you'll know that that is Advent. So I was asked to speak on Advent, but Advent doesn't start until next week. So I will do a pre-Advent talk, and then Phil next week will do the proper Advent talk. Or one of the Advent talks. Um, so Advent marks the beginning of the liturgical year. It's a time for us to anticipate and look forward to the birth of Christ, but, but more importantly, towards the return of Christ. That's what the Advent season is about. It's this waiting, anticipating that which is yet to come. So um, I would like to just give a little bit of a pre-Advent Theme. And so I'm going to read some verses from Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and, 
and day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. We'll come back to that in just a moment. In uh, 16 months' time, um, our church will celebrate 50 years since the first meeting that took place at Southampton Christian Fellowship in the uh, first Sunday in March 1975. Some of you were there. Um, so we are going to write the story and, and have that available. And, 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 and as I have been reflecting on the 50 years... Um, it's a mixture of, 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 of joy and sorrow. You know, there's been many, many good things, new initiatives, breakthroughs, pioneering, firsts. Fruit is all, all, all around in, in lots of places, in people's lives, in, 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 in projects, in churches planted, all across the city and the region and the nations. Uh, but there's also been some pain, some disappointments, some discouragements, hopes dashed, people have died without dreams being fulfilled, friends have walked away, people have lost faith. And so there's, there's, there's this mixture of, of, of joy and of pain and the, the things we maybe longed for back then haven't all been manifest in the way we had hoped. We, we were longing for revival. We haven't quite seen that. In fact, church attendance in 1980 was by 11.1% of the population. Uh, the current figure is 6.4%. So actually, there's, there's been a decline in church attendance, not an increase as we had hoped and believed for. So we ask, how long, O oh Lord? We watch the news just to get even more morbid and depressing. And look at the state of the world. Ukraine and Gaza and immigration and exploitation and gangs and knife crime and mass shooting. And we ask, how long, O oh Lord? Now, the pain and the disappointment and the sorrow that we feel can, can take us to, to two extremes. One is overwhelming. And we give in to despair and we say to ourselves, there is no hope. Or we, we live on the other extreme of denying anything we see because we can't cope with the pain. Everything's fine. Everything will be okay. And, and so the, these are the two extremes. But when I look at Scripture, like we saw here in Psalm 13, the thing I want to focus on this morning in our pre-Advent talk is the whole thing about learning to lament. 
The Bible is filled with songs of lament, songs of sorrow. About a third of the Psalms are songs of lament. The prophets lament. Jesus in the garden in his final hours lamented. A more contemporary psalmist, Bono from U2, wrote these words in 1983. I can't believe the news today. I can't close my eyes and make it go away. How long, how long must we sing this song? Broken bottles under children's feet, bodies strewn across the dead end street. But I won't heed the battle call that puts my back up, my back up against the wall. Sunday, bloody Sunday. And the battle's just begun. There's many lost, but tell me who has won. The trenches dug within our hearts and mothers, children, brothers, sisters torn apart. Sunday, bloody Sunday. How long must we sing this song? Lament. It was written particularly in regards to events in Derry in 1972. But the words still echo today because there's been many bloody Sundays and Mondays and Tuesdays since that time. It's a lament expressing the pain and the reality of our situation, but longing for something better. So in our preparation for Advent, the coming of the Prince of Peace, then, then let's look at how we lament Psalm 13 then. So the first thing I see in Psalm 13 is this. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? True lament is a turning to God. In the midst of our pain and our, and our brokenness and our sorrow, we're not choosing to stay in that place, but we turn to God. We turn our attention to him. That's the beginning of lament. It feels God far away because the images and the noise seem to block him out. It's so noisy and, 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 and so visual what we read and what we see and what we watch. How do we find God in the midst of that? However you do it, there, there needs to be a turning to God first and foremost. We need to choose to bring it to God. That's the beginning of true lament. The second thing we need is honesty about the reality of the situation. We can't deny what's going on. We have to come with God, come to God with with. With, with honesty, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me, honestly coming to God with, with what he's feeling at that particular point in time? Biblical lament, humbly and honestly, identifies the pain and the questions and the frustrations raging in our souls. That must 
be the second thing we do when we come to God is to honestly express and articulate what actually is the source of the pain that we are feeling and experiencing. God is not put off by our honesty. In fact, he welcomes it from us. Thirdly, in verse 3, look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. So the third step is not only turning to God and articulating with honesty, but, but asking God for help. And saying, Lord, I, 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 I need you. I need you to give light to my eyes. Help me, God. Recognizing we just can't do it in our own strength. We just can't pull ourselves up out of the mire out of our depression, but say, Lord, we need you to help us. And turning to him, honestly articulating to him and, and asking that he would step in and help us. And then fourthly, this is the destination for our lament. All paths lead to this point, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praises, for he has been good to me. Choosing to trust God, despite where we find ourselves, despite the frustration, despite the brokenness, despite the pain, having turned to him, expressed honestly to him, asked him for help, we say, Lord, we choose to trust you. We choose to believe you in your goodness, in your salvation, in your promises. Now, this, this may take a while to get to that point. We need to go through a process often, but we come to this point. This is true lament, where we're able to get to the point of saying, Lord, despite everything, we choose to trust you. Back to our contemporary psalmist, Bono. It's interesting at the end of the song that I've just read. Here's the final verse. And it's true we are immune when fact is fiction and TV reality. And today the millions cry. We eat and drink while tomorrow they die. The real battle has just begun to claim the victory that Jesus has won. Sunday, bloody Sunday, on Sunday bloody Sunday. He got there. He got to that point in, in his lament and, 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 and honesty and um, he probably sang it last night if you've seen you two playing the sphere in Las Vegas in this incredible theater thing. He, he still 
lamenting. And if you talk to Norman Victoria, been able to allow those emotions to be exercised and expressed is a very healthy way of being spiritual. Just by holding it in and blocking it out, it's not going to help us in our spiritual growth. And so lament is so important. Another modern-day prophet um, is a friend of ours called Godfrey Bertel. And he wrote a song called Outrageous Grace a number of years ago. And he goes, there's a lot of pain, but a lot more healing. There's a lot of trouble, but a lot more peace. There's a lot of hate, but a lot more loving. There's a lot of sin, but a lot more grace. Oh, outrageous grace, outrageous grace, love unfurled by heaven's hand. Outrageous grace, outrageous grace, through my Jesus I can stand. There's a lot of fear, but a lot more freedom. There's a lot of darkness, but a lot more light. There's a lot of cloud, but a lot more vision. There's a lot of perishing, but a lot more life. There's an enemy that seeks to kill what it can't control. It twists and turns, making mountains out of molehills. But I will call on the Lord, who is worthy of praise. I run to him, and I am saved. So in our anticipation, as of next week, waiting the birth of Jesus and his return for the consummation and fulfillment of all things. Let us learn to lament our situation and call on him, turn to him and find fresh faith and hope in him in this time.